This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Start your weekend off right. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And welcome to the weekend, friends. It is BetQLU. The conference championships have been played in football. Only one Division I football game on the slate, or I guess I should say uh, FBS game on the slate this weekend, which, of course, is the traditional Army-Navy game, which we'll get to. There's also hoops, though. We got to talk hoops. We got to talk Heisman. Maybe a little bit of an early peek at how the coaching carousel has started to spin as well. I'm Chris Mack. She's Kayla Canaram. He's RJ Choppy. Welcome in to the latest edition of BetQLU, which you can hear anywhere, coast to coast, on the BetQL network, as well as on your Odyssey app. Download it today, A-U-D-A-C-Y, if you haven't already. Not only can you listen to us there, listen to anything you may have missed in the last 72 hours on the BetQL network with that rewind function. You get us at uh, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific on Friday nights, as well as Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. And of course, the podcast gets posted every weekend as well. So you can hold us accountable for these picks. And yes, we start to dip our toes into some college basketball action in just a bit. Army, Navy as well, like I mentioned. But let's start with what we learned in the final week of the college football season with only bowls and playoff games and the national championship ahead of us now. RJ Choppy, I'll start with you. What did you learn in the weekend of conference championships? TCU, TCU, you fought, you, you, you've been calling it all year. They finally <laughs> dropped one. <laughs> they finally, they finally lost one. Uh, you know, we learned that the, um, the the flaws of some of these teams, you know, like the USC and and, and like TCU, uh, they showed themselves. Uh, they they've got their their flawed football teams, and that's look. I mean. The, there's a reason why one team was not expected to even remotely come close to where they are. And that's TCU. And then the other one, um, you know, they ran into a style that doesn't match up with, well with theirs. And um, I think we learned that quite frankly, this is a, a haves and have nots year. Like it always is. You know, we thought maybe there were more teams that could pick off a couple people and, and really there isn't uh, this is, this is a haves and have nots. And, and that's what college football has been for, you know, we always try to change it. It's been like this for centuries. It really has. Well, for a century, college football has been the great teams and then a few teams who think they can be great, but they're really not. They're just flawed. These are 18-year-old kids at the end of the day, and they got bit. A couple teams got bit in the butt. Yeah, you're right. And I definitely want to piggyback off of that, but Kayla, I'll let you go next. What did you learn during conference championship weekend in college football? Well, I had several takeaways from the final week of the regular season. The first one being that two of the top four teams in the stronger conferences proved us right. And two in the not as strong or closer uh, conferences in terms of competitiveness also proved us right. 
And what I mean by that is that we saw, obviously, just to reiterate what RJ said, Michigan dominate Purdue as expected. We saw Georgia lay the hammer on LSU, which, by the way, Mizzou would have never let that happen. Uh, then you've got USC falling apart to Utah. <laughs> She's USC holding on to that Utah. one for dear life, RJ. She's holding on to it I forever, never letting go of that Mizzou near miss against Georgia. Guys, it's all we had to hang our hat on this season. <laughs> got to gotta keep it in people's minds. Right. Um, and then, yes, TCU losing the heartbreaker to Kansas State. So basically the teams we thought would win one-handedly and the ones we weren't as sure about lost. This is obviously not groundbreaking news, but it just really solidifies uh, Georgia and Michigan as the one and two seed. I will say, though, if you're in the top four, I really don't like a loss in the conference championship costing you a spot in the playoff. I know we'll get to this more in a second, but I just don't love that. I know, um, yeah, we're going to get to that, so I won't spoil that. But uh, lastly, I'm still mad that Mizzou and KU won't be playing each other in the All-State Bowl. But on the bright side, RJ, we get to play Wake Forest in the Gasparilla Bowl. Which means more Sam Hartman for both of us. Sam Daddy. That's it. That's it. Also, Sam Zaddy. Really quick. Really quick. Did you see the rumors about where he might transfer to next season? Please say Tennessee. Tennessee was on that. there. Tennessee was on there. Oh, it will baby. most likely be Florida. It will most likely be Florida, though. I'm just hoping that it could be Mizzou. You know, maybe Drink will do some recruiting while they're down there in Tampa, St. Pete. Who knows? Those are my <laughs> takeaways. Every single quarterback in the ACC is in the transfer portal, it feels like at this point. So it doesn't surprise me that sexy Sammy Hartman might be headed (laughs) elsewhere as well. My big takeaway, and I guess it's from the season more than just this past weekend, guys, is I am all for expanding the college football playoff. 12 teams uh, in two years from now, and, and hopefully 16 someday. Open it all the way up. Open it up wide open. I don't care. But this year, and this doesn't happen often, This would have been a perfect year for the old school one versus two in the BCS uh, national championship game. The format we had from like 98 to 2013, because we could just jump straight to Georgia, Michigan, because if we somehow end up with something else, if we somehow end up with, I don't know, uh, Georgia TCU somehow that no, who's, who's, who's here for, uh, for what if we end up with Ohio state, Michigan, I don't, I don't need any of that. I just need Georgia, Michigan. I, I think I've, I'm at that point. I love playoff games, more high college football in the month of December and early January. I'm all for it. But this year felt like a year where more than ever we've taken one, taken two and just had them play. But nonetheless, here we are, Georgia one, Michigan two, TCU three, Ohio State 4, which leads us to the question, did they get it right? And Kayla, do we have a problem with one loss Ohio State, that one lone loss being an ugly loss to Michigan, getting in over Alabama, who misses with two very close SEC losses? Yes, Chris, we do have a problem with that. I stand by what I said last week. I know everyone would have lost their minds and say that the committee has a Bama bias, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I just still think two last-second losses on the road in two of the toughest, most hostile environments in college football, combined with a pretty tough schedule, tougher than Ohio State's. I believe all of that should uh, go into, um, especially when you lose a blowout at home against your number one rival. Selfishly, I kind of want to see a Georgia-Bama rematch, although Georgia versus Ohio State should be good, I hope. Um, Just like you said, give us Georgia-Michigan. That's all we're waiting for. But I do think it should have been Bama over Ohio State. RJ, are you on the same bus? 
You know, I don't uh, I don't wear glasses, but I put them on so I can rip them off for effect. <laughs> and I'm gonna. <laughs> Whoa! What did you just say? Wow! What did you just say? Alabama should be ahead of Tennessee. What is going on here? Have we oh, forgotten oh, this man. craziness? What are we talking about? Now, yeah, but you're right. They should be ahead of Ohio State. Ohio State's trash. Okay, Alabama, you're right. They lost two games at night in the most hostile environments of the conference. I don't even wear glasses. I don't even know why I have these. But like, <laughs> it's, I still can't get over it. There's no reason that they should be ahead of Tennessee, which is an absolute disgrace. Uh, I don't care if they got the quarterback or not. They beat them head-to-head. Different team. I get it. I understand all that. But, man, I am uh, – I am I, I am flummoxed. I am I am angry uh, that that we were behind Alabama. We should have been number six. Not that would matter or five. I guess not that would matter. Uh, we should be the Sugar Bowl. We should be the Sugar Bowl. So, so in RJ Choppy's world, and in the world of everyone in Knoxville, and anybody who finds that shade of orange attractive, there aren't many of you. Um, <laughs> is it? Is it? Yeah. Get get the thoughtful, pensive look for those of you watching on YouTube and Twitch. You can see RJ putting the glasses in the corner of his mouth um it who who's three and four then because i know you're out against tcu you've been out against tcu all year in in rj choppy's world who who is three and who is four then is it is it tennessee three and ohio state four bama state how, how do you see it then no i i don't have a problem with with how the committee set it up the top three i don't have a problem Look, I, I'll trash on TCU. I'll dog on TCU. I think TCU would be a dog to nine of the top ten teams, all right, in Vegas, all right, or, or eight of the top ten, I guess. But I also don't think you should have to beat somebody twice, all right? I don't think – they already proved they could beat K-State. I don't think they had to do it again. I would have kept them in there. There's a, there's a big difference between deserving to be in the Final Four and being one of the four best teams, I don't think TCU is one of the four best teams, but they absolutely deserve to be there. Uh, you know, to me, you know, what loss was worse? Was Alabama's two losses worse than Michigan's one loss? And I would say they were not. To me, Michigan, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Ohio State's one loss. Uh, Ohio right. State's one loss was they got doubled up at home, man. Like, you can't get doubled up at home. And, and, and look, they slid. They got doubled up at home and slid less than Tennessee did for losing at Georgia. I feel like, like that, I'm getting just, I feel like I'm getting double teamed by the SEC mafia here, but and, and <laughs> it, look, I am so not lucky. an Ohio <laughs> I am not an Ohio State fan in the least. I hate <laughs> the Buckeyes. They ruin my my Penn State's uh, team year every single year. Um, but I just don't see how it, 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 it's simple math for me. TCU lost once in a conference championship game, so they stay in. Ohio State lost once to what is one of the just two undefeated teams in the country. And Bama, we're talking about two losses. Were they both close? Were they both on the road in SEC uh, hostile environments? Absolutely. Respectable losses. But there's two of them. And that's why I'm okay with Ohio State sliding back in at number four. I hope they get, I hope they get absolutely worked by Georgia. I do. But I'm okay with them sliding back in at number four in that instance because they had one loss to Bama's two losses. That being said, the spreads for uh, the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl are two CFP semifinals are as such. We've got Michigan laying seven and a half in the Fiesta to TCU. Total sits at 58 and a half. 
a few weeks out, and Ohio State getting six and a half as they travel to Atlanta in the dog's backyard, uh, just about an hour from Athens, total sitting at about 61 and a half. That said, uh, are we riding chalk here, friends, in the CFP semifinals? Because at least in my mind, like I said, I, I, I feel I wish we could just jump ahead to Georgia, Michigan, and that's what I think we end up with here. Uh, look, yeah, I, I do think we are riding chalk. At least I am. Uh, I, I'll say this. I, I don't think the committee protected number one well enough. Um, Ohio State's a much better team, I think, than TCU. I know nobody wanted to see Michigan-Ohio State again in the semifinal, but you've got to protect your number one team. And there is virtually, I think, no chance TCU beats Georgia. I think there's a chance Ohio State beats Georgia. Like, they're up there. They're, they, they could go toe-to-toe with them in talent, right? I mean, Ohio State's going to have, you know, of the 22 starters, what, 16 are going to get drafted at some point in their careers? Like, that's – they got NFL guys up and down that team. And they're going to have a quarterback advantage in the game, too. So, I don't yeah. – I, I think it's – I mean, to me personally, like, I, I think that's that's something that, that – it scares me. Uh, I'll ride chalk. I think TCU is a good matchup. Uh, I'm sorry. I think Michigan's a good matchup for TCU. I think TCU could pick them off. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go with 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 the the one and two seeds. Kayla, same thing. You riding chalk? Riding Michigan and Georgia? Same thing. I, just like RJ said, I think Ohio State can maybe give Georgia a bit of a scare. I am curious to see how these two match up because I've been critical of Ohio State not really having too difficult of a schedule compared to some of these SEC right. schedules. Um, so I think that's definitely the more interesting matchup of the two. But yeah, I think it's going to be Michigan and Georgia at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, and that should be a fantastic uh, national championship game if and when we get to it. I, I am not here for TCU Georgia, which I think would be get out of control. I'm not here for Ohio State Michigan part two. So uh, give me Michigan Georgia. I'll take that in the natty uh, come early January. So we've got the Army-Navy game this weekend, the only game on the slate, really. We'll get into that game specifically in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but in honor of Army-Navy this weekend and all 122 times they've played, which, by the way, only makes them like the seventh most played FBS rivalry, which I didn't realize. Um, I'm curious. We touched on this earlier in the year during rivalry weekend. But what's your favorite rivalry? Is it, is it your alma mater? Like, I'm sure Kayla loves the border war and <laughs> Mizzou having that all-time lead over Kansas. RJ, I'm sure you got a little love for Tennessee, Kentucky, because there's bourbon involved on either side. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Keystone <laughs> Classic, they call it now, Pitt and Penn State. But are, are there any other rivalries that jump out to you guys? Kayla? Um, in terms of football or just all college sports? Either way. Um, I mean, obviously, mine is the border war. The longest running rivalry west of the Mississippi, or at least it was until KU didn't want to play us anymore, but we're going to get to that later. Um, yeah. I think for me, I love the, the Duke-UNC rivalry. I think that's, you know, a very storied rivalry. Um, I mean, there's so many to choose from, but rivalries are the best. I don't know. It's hard as to As we transition one. to hoops. Yeah, as we transition to hoops, Duke-UNC is a good call. RJ? I mean, look, the, the rivalries of college sports are great. I mean, yeah, I do love uh, – I would not have picked Tennessee-Kentucky. That wouldn't have been the one I went with. Um, okay. <laughs> I would have gone with uh, Florida or, or Bama uh, or even Georgia as, as a rivalry that I, uh, that I preferred. Uh, it, it could have gone battle of the old iron skillet, the, the uh, SMU-TCU one, 
That's always – I mean, anytime you get an iron skillet, man, you know those things are hard because you can't really wash them. Okay? You got to be very no. careful with how you take care of those things. You can't, you can't throw them in the dishwasher. Scrape it. Just do that. Rinse it. Right. Treat it. Yeah, and you got to yeah. just hope it's, it's not nasty anymore when you pull it out the next time. Anyway, all right. Uh, we mentioned hoops. We're going to dive into a little bit of college hoops, and we talked about that Army-Navy game as well. The 123rd meeting between these two teams and a number involved in that game that is a record record breaker, not just for that series, but for this season across college football as well. That's all next, plus our best bets before we get out of here and a Heisman heat check as well. Alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. We are live coast to coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. Download it today, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Then you can get the podcast version of the show once we're done and take it with you wherever you may be. And of course, you can watch the show. I mentioned that a couple minutes ago. You could have seen RJ pulling his sexy librarian look with the glasses in between his teeth as he thought very, very hard. Um, (laughs) That on YouTube as well as Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. That is Kayla Canaram. I'm Chris Mack. He's RJ Choppy. This is how we do it every single weekend, taking you through the world of college sports. Yes, I said sports because we're not just football this weekend. Hooped has arrived in a big way and a couple big matchups to touch on in just a couple of minutes. Plus the Heisman getting awarded. We'll talk about that. Is there a shot that anybody besides Caleb Williams uh, could win it? Is there value in that market still? And our best bets as well. But let's start with Army-Navy. In Philly at the link, Saturday, 3 Eastern, noon Pacific kickoff on CBS. Uh, Just rich with history, dripping, oozing with history, this matchup. 123rd meeting between these two. Started in 1890 when the Middies beat the Black Knights at West Point, 24 to nothing. To put that in perspective, uh, the first North American electrical power transmission line was activated about 18 months earlier. Electricity, then Army-Navy. Navy's won 62 of these things. Army, 53 of them, seven ties. Uh, Navy went on a run to take back the lead in this series right around the turn of the century, won 14 in a row, 2002 through 2015. But Army's won four of the last six. It's also turned into a huge uniform matchup. This year, uh, the 80th anniversary of Operation Torch, the uh, Allied forces moving into Europe and North Africa. They're going to have a... First Armored Division-inspired uni for Army. The Navy going to go with a NASA-inspired uni as they've got uh, more than four dozen Naval Academy grads who've gone on to be astronauts, including Jim Lovell, played by Tom Hanks in Apollo 13. Houston, we've got a problem. Um, But here we are, the football part. Middies are the least penalized team in college football. Uh, Navy's also got just, uh, look, these guys are all certified badasses, but a certified badass playing, uh, what they call striker. Yeah. At, at Navy, they call it striker. Uh, everywhere else in the world, it's just a linebacker. Tri-captain John Marshall is third in the country in TFL's tackles for loss per game. Army second in the country in rushing though. Kayla, I'll let you start us here. 
Two and a half point spread, but more importantly, this total, the lowest it's been in the series history, lowest total we've seen in college football this year, just 32 and a half. The crazy part, it's gone under this series, the total, 16 straight years. What do you got for me? Well, <clears throat> I'll start with the total, as you just mentioned, all of those wonderful stats. Uh, we already know this is notorious for going under. Um only in this game, but most service academy games do. As you said, the total has gone under in 16 straight meetings between these two. Not only that, but since 2005, service academy games have an under record of 43-9-1. and one. So I think the obvious choice is to go under, and the, I'm kind of scared to go any other direction. The only other time it's hit this number in recent history uh, was in 2019, 2013, and 2010. So I'm riding with the under. I know it's Feels like that's about to switch, but we'll go under for now. Um, but yes, this is one of my favorite games all year. As you mentioned, it is so rich in history. It feels wrong betting against one of these teams, uh, but we have to do it. So with that, I'm going Navy for no other reason than the fact that we actually had a family friend who used to coach at Navy. I think while they have the worst schedule, uh, they've had worse losses and put up less points and give up more than Army that they can still cover. This game always seems to be close. So I'm going with the Midshipman Dogs at plus two and a half. Plus you mentioned those NASA-inspired uniforms. That's a big win for me. So I'm going to go Navy in this one. Anybody that goes onto a field with an astronaut painted on the side of their head, <laughs> they better be ready to put up or shut up, RJ. I love space. Yeah, no. <laughs> just isolate. No, 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 some, someone, Zach, Jake, someone, just isolate that. We need that as a drop going forward. I love space. Yeah. I love space. Got to have that forever. Uh, no, I, I'm with you on, on, on Navy's uh, side there. Uh, this was I've been to this game one time. This was an awesome event to go to. Um, like this, the and look, the game is not. It's not like you're watching. You're not watching Alabama Georgia. It's not the most crisply played game, uh, but it's like the the amount of passion that goes into this is unmatched. Um, and I, I love the under as always. Like yeah, you, know, you mentioned the first score. The first Army Navy game was 24 zip. That hit the under. Uh, I, I, you know, <laughs> Brian, did you know if you bet $110, <laughs> if you bet $110 on the under in 2006 and rolled it over every single year, you'd be up 3.4 million. Uh, no, yeah, oh just, God. just keep rolling it over. If you, if you just doubled Whoa. your bet every single year, took your winnings and wow. rolled it in, you'd be up three and a half million on this game since 2006. Uh, I know, right. I, that, I can see that facial expression. It's exactly the same one I made. Uh, it, it, it I, this is a an under. Give me the under of this one and double play it up in Navy. Yeah, you know, I my best bet of the day, I'm going to save for the, the end of the show when we do our best bets, naturally. Um, it is on the total here. Uh, I'll leave you in suspense there. But I do like Navy uh, with uh, the, the two and a half spread here. Um, I just, Army, if they can control the pace of the game, that's wonderful and all. But I just think this is going to be tight, regardless of how it goes. And so, two and a half point spread, yeah, by all means, I will. Uh, I'll lay two and a half and figure that this comes down to be, you know, a field goal game, uh, or right around there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the pageantry of it, all of it. It's just, it is, it, just echoing what you guys said. It's, it's one of the favorite games uh, to watch all year. Now. On to hoops. Yes, college basketball. And there is a huge matchup this Saturday. Three Eastern, two Central, noon Pacific on ABC. 
and a rematch from last year. Number eight, Bama, comes in at 7-1 and one to Houston. 9-0 and oh, Cougars are ranked number one in the country. Ken Palm's projected line on this one, Houston minus eight, total sitting right around 130. Again, controversial ending last year, the goaltending that wasn't called. Uh, the Cougs hammered the offensive glass. They've continued to do that this year. And so while Alabama does lead the country in rebounding, Houston, the top defensive team in the country, they're only allowing a little over 47 points per game. Uh, 11th in the country, as I mentioned, in offensive boards per game. Uh, I think eight is probably too much. I like Bama to keep this one close, depending where the line comes in, guys. I like Houston to go to 10-0, and 0, but I think it's going to be a whole lot tighter than eight. Kayla? Yeah. Yeah, as we know, there are just 10 unbeaten teams left in the country. Mizzou is one of them, which we will get to in a second. But also, the Houston Cougars. They have the number one scoring defense. Uh, and have yet to allow any team to put up more than 56 points because of it. My only concern with Houston is um, the who they have played argument. Meanwhile, you've got Bama sitting at number 11 with wins over ranked Michigan State. Ranked UNC, their one loss coming to a ranked UConn. So you could say the Crimson Tide have already been battle-tested. Um, if they were playing at home, I would feel better about taking them straight up. But for the time being, I'm leaning Bama to cover in this one. Um, after all, they have one of the best offenses in the country with multiple double-digit scores. So I think Bama puts Houston on watch this weekend. Yeah, I agree. I, I just don't think I, I don't think Houston runs away with this one, even if they do get the win straight up. RJ, I, I agree. Um, you know, Kayla brought their schedule. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you some of these teams. Name me a player. Uh, <laughs> Northern Colorado. St. Joe's, mm. and I don't. Jameer Nelson ain't on that team. Uh, Oral <laughs> Roberts, Texas Southern, Oregon, Kent State, Norfolk State, St. Mary's. Uh, is Della Vadova? Was he there? Is that him? Is that St. Mary's? Uh, <laughs> that might be him. Yeah. Florida. Yeah, North <laughs> Florida. Look, they they they've dominated. All right, you can only play who you play, right? But they and they've dominated. But I think this is this is going to be an issue for them. You know, come tournament time, they they're not going to play a slew of tremendous games. They got Virginia coming up. Uh, and after Virginia, they do not play a single team that is currently ranked. So they'll play Bama. And then in the in, next week, they'll play Virginia. And that's it the rest of the way for ranked teams on their schedule currently. That's going to be wow. a problem come tournament time. You're going to run into games where it's coming down to the wire. Or as Jerry Jones would say, it's coming down to circumcising mosquitoes. And you know we're down to the nitty gritty. And he's got such a way with words. Jared does. He does. He really does. So when you get down to circumcising mosquitoes, you you find yourself in a tricky spot that you haven't really been in. And you know you got to use small instruments on that. And you're like, margin of error is very very small. I don't have to really explain that, but that's where they're going to struggle at some point. No, I I think you were. I think you were fairly clear there. Yeah, fine line. I've Uh, never heard that. You, the wisdom of of Jerry. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, not playing much of anybody, we'll get to that in a moment when we get to the the next game. But I, I want to bring up Arizona and Indiana now. Another match of of teams that have played a few opponents of note. Uh, tip seven thirty Eastern, four thirty Pacific on Fox Saturday. Number ten Arizona coming in seven and one. Number 14, Indiana coming in 8-1. and one. Ken Palm projected spread on this one. Indiana by just one point total, right around 159. We know Zona's lost 
three big names to the NBA draft that helped them to that number one uh, tourney seed last year. But they still started 6-0. and uh, Lost their first game of the season ugly, too, by 15 at Utah, coming in as six-and-a-half-point favorites there. But they rebounded nicely. They handled winless Cal. They've got wins over San Diego State and Creighton. You got the Big Ten preseason favorite, Indiana, and Trace Jackson Davis, fresh off a triple-double against Nebraska. The question in this one for me, guys, is Jalen hood Shafino and or Anthony Leal, is either and or both of them ready to help provide Jackson Davis with that one-two punch on the perimeter against Arizona's interior one-two combo of Algilis Tabellas, I think I said that right, close enough, and Umar Balo. And that's just inside. Arizona's still got Courtney Ramey, Kara Carissa, both shooting 40% from three. Um, I like Arizona in this one, uh, but I'm curious what your thoughts are, RJ. You know, I, I was talking, we were talking to, we had uh, uh, we had Dan Dockage on our show uh, this uh, two weeks ago. Uh, and he's obviously an Indiana guy, but we were talking about, you know, how he how good Indiana was because, you know, we were obviously the Cowboys were playing uh, Indianapolis and, do the radio show in Dallas Fort Worth. Um, and he was like, Indiana's the best team in the country right now. And I was like, okay, that's a little bit of homerism. Whoa. They went out and got worked yeah. about a 48 hours later uh, by Rutgers, uh, which is a tough place to play. Look, the rack's a tough place to play. I get it. Um, but I can't sit there and say that, you know, that, that that's a bad loss. So I, I kind of lean with you on Arizona. Kayla, what's your read on this one? Right there with you all. I think this one's cool because, as we know, Arizona has a 40-35 all-time record against Big Ten, Big Ten teams. Not one of those included Indiana. This is the only team in the Big Ten Arizona has yet to play until this weekend. On the other side, Indiana is 34-20 and 20 all-time against Pac-12 teams. So for that storyline alone, I think this is going to be a fun one. But um, while I think it will be a close game, I'm going with Arizona to cover. I think they're just too much to handle, and Indiana still has some figuring out to do this season. Yeah, I, I do think, and look, it's not huge. It's a neutral court in Vegas, but I do think there's something right. to Indiana going out West too, um, and we'll see how they handle that. But yeah, I, I, I think mm -hmm. it should be a great game, and I do think Arizona ends up winning straight up. All right, uh, Kayla needs her Jayhawk blood. It helps her thrive. It helps her survive. <laughs> Saturday, 515 Eastern, 415 Central on ESPN. Number six, eight and one Kansas Jayhawks. Visit the 9-0, yes, undefeated Missouri Tigers. Ken Palm projected line on this one, Kansas minus three, <laughs> total at 157. Here's the problem, Kayla, as I see it. Mizzou, of these nine games. Okay, one of them. Really nice come-from-behind road win at Wichita State. That's great. They've started strong uh, shooting from three, right around 35%. But here's the problem. They ain't played anybody. And all eight of their other eight games at home against those bunch of nobodies. Um, so I don't know what to make of Missouri. This is their first <laughs> legitimate test. Maybe this is a look-ahead spot for Kansas with Indiana looming a week off on the horizon. But I think I like Kansas to handle business here. Tell me why you hate me now and why I'm wrong. <sighs> so rude. Well, you are missing the fact that there's going to be a lot of anger and vengeance going into this game from the Mizzou Tigers. This is the only college basketball game that matters this weekend, you guys. As we know, the Jayhawks no longer wanted to play us after we departed for the SEC, so we've only seen this matchup three times since 2009 with the Jayhawks winning all three, but that was then, and this is now. Dennis Gates is a game changer, let me tell you. As you mentioned, Mizzou is 9-0, one of just 10 unbeaten teams, um, and oh yeah, we currently have the number one scoring offense in the country, so that seems good. Uh, 
By the way, Kansas is eight and one for those keeping track. And I'm saying, am I saying Mizzou will win? I don't know. That sure would be nice. Um, while this will be the Tigers' first true test, as you mentioned, I just think with the environment Kansas is walking into, I like the Tigers to cover. There, I said it. You actually have to sign a piece of paper when you go to Mizzou saying that you'll never pick Kansas in anything. So I can't do it. <laughs> I'm picking Mizzou to cover. RJ, what's oh. your quick read on Kansas, Missouri? <laughs> my, my quick read on it is... I mean, look at this schedule. Was was Wachita Baptist not available for them to play to schedule here in the last <laughs> couple of weeks? My goodness. I mean, they had to scrape the bottom for these schools. This, so, so, Lindenwood, Penn, Southeast Missouri State. I'll still take Missouri just because I like you. Oh, look at that. Thank you, RJ. A Heisman heat check ahead of Saturday night's award ceremony. Plus, we take a spin on the coaching carousel. It got interesting this week. And our best bets alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla. Here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Live coast to coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world, whatever you may be doing on your Odyssey app. Download it today if you haven't already, and rewind to anything you may have missed in the last 72 hours on the BetQL Network. And of course, watch the show as well on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. And live on YouTube. Also, let's start before we get to our best bets and what was a very interesting first week on the coaching carousel uh, at the FBS level. Let's start, friends, with our final Heisman heat check of the year with the award ceremony upon us. Caleb Williams still at minus 2,500 as a heavy, heavy favorite. Also invited Max Duggan, uh, 20 to 1, Stetson Bennett, 30 to 1, CJ Stroud, 50 to 1. I don't know, you know, I'd like to see as many guys invited as possible. So I wouldn't have had a problem with in, inviting Blake Corum uh, and or Hendon Hooker. Heck, invite six, seven, eight guys for all I care, uh, just to make it a, a little more interesting. Uh, but I don't think either one of those two, after their injuries, had a legitimate chance to win it. I don't know if anybody on the board outside of Caleb Williams, I've, I've tried to push for Stetson Bennett the fourth year a little bit because, well, he's the quarterback of the best team in the country. Uh, and Caleb Williams isn't even in the playoff. Uh, but is there any value in this market, or is this just uh, – are we just handing it over to Caleb Williams Saturday night, RJ? Oh, I think so. I'd be stunned if anybody but Caleb Williams wins this thing. Um, you know, it, it's funny because, like, four weeks ago, I, I don't remember hearing his name much, and all of a sudden, bam, he's he's the uh, he's the shoe-in favorite. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, four weeks ago, it was Corm and Hooker that were guys that were talked about mostly – and Shroud, right. and, you know, two of those guys aren't even here, um, and which is odd because they only missed, like, what, one game each? Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's it, – they should invite one person to this thing this year. Just invite Caleb. You know, don't waste the plane <laughs> ticket. Don't waste the hotel room, the limousines, the, the dinner at Gallagher's or whatever, wherever they take him. Don't waste it. Just give it to Caleb Williams. We all know he's going to win. You know, he had a strong start to the year. Huge game at Stanford in, in week two. And then really stepped on the gas in the final 
five weeks or so. So even though they lose to Utah twice, he still puts up huge numbers in both of those games. Uh, five touchdowns in one of them. He had the five touchdown game against Arizona. What what I think started to lock him in was that stretch where he threw, I want to say it was 16 touchdowns to no picks in the middle of the season. There was a four-game stretch there, Kayla. Uh, and it, it does. It feels like it's a shoe-in now for Caleb. It'll be the Caleb Williams show Saturday night. By all accounts, yes. I was high on Hendon Hooker, as we know, throughout the season, and I'm bummed that things uh, ended the way they did for him. Um, and like you said, it'd be cool to see Stetson Bennett potentially win it. After all, he's got a really cool story. He leads his team to a national championship last year and most likely this year. Um, but yeah, I think it's Caleb Williams Heisman to lose at this point. USC went four and eight last season, as we know, he wasn't there, but just the turnaround, um, that USC's had this season with Lincoln Riley, I think, I think he's going to be the, the front runner for sure. Speaking of turnarounds with new coaches, we've already seen the coaching carousel start to spin. Um, let's start with Jeff Brom leaving Louisville, uh, or leaving Purdue, pardon me, to go to Louisville, um, which was open and available after Scott Satterfield left Louisville to go to Cincinnati. Uh, with Louisville and Cincinnati playing each other next Saturday in Boston in the Fenway Bowl, this will heretofore, in my mind, be known as the Satterfield conundrum, which sounds like some sort of weird <laughs> science postulate I was supposed to remember in 10th grade, but I sucked at chemistry. What does this guy, like, does he show up and just sit in a private box with his new bosses? Does he talk to any of the old assistants? Does he, who does he glad hand with? I don't, I don't know why it's so fascinating to me, but Scott Satterfield going to the Fenway Bowl on Saturday, watching his new team, who he's not yet officially down on the field coaching for against his old team, who just, what, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, he was coaching. For some reason, this is fascinating to me, RJ. It's, it's tremendous. It's, uh, you know, there's a, uh, it's like Doug Dickey just walking across the field and taking over the other team. It's <laughs> yes. the, the thing over floor. It's like, it's like, you don't see that, right? You never see that, but this has happened. And this is one of the more wild things. What does he do? He skips the game. He should absolutely skip the game. Don't even show your face there. You'll get booed. You, the, the players are going to mock you. They're going to like, oh, you, you left us. You left us. You left us. Uh, you left us for down the street. Right? Like, right, right down the street. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know what he does. I mean, I could not imagine being in that position, having to leave your team and then go play them in the first game. Oh, man. No, not me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you go, like I said, I don't know if you go glad hand the donors, how you handle this. Hugh Freeze uh, <laughs> heads to Auburn, Kayla. He's replaced by Jamie Chadwell of Coastal Carolina at Liberty. Uh, as part of Freeze's contract, he no longer has control over his own personal social media uh, accounts. Tells you a little bit something about his past, maybe. Uh, the athletic department going to handle all of that for him. More interesting to me is that Jamie Chadwell leaves Party Central USA, Myrtle Beach, uh, and goes to Liberty, where part of the honor code doesn't allow you to visit a loan with a member of the opposite sex at an off-campus residence. It's strict uh, at Liberty. Uh, big adjustment there for Chadwell, going from Coastal Carolina to Liberty. More interesting, I think, is Hugh Freeze to Auburn, a chance to jump back into the SEC. Yeah, I wrote down, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. Um, as we know, he's got, you know, a past and I'm not about canceling people. I'm all about, you know, redemption. And so I hope that I know he was at Liberty from 2019 to 2022. He went eight and five, 10 and one, eight and five and eight and four. So 
he's proving himself. He's getting back up there and we'll see what he does in the sec. But yeah, the, the no social media thing is probably for the best. No control over that. It's <laughs> a good idea. I think. Uh, yeah. How do you, how do you get your social media account taken away? How does, how does that happen? Like, yeah, yeah, that's like something I do to my 13 year old daughter. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Uh, all right, no. one final yes no proposition on the coaching carousel before we get to our best bets of the weekend. And I think this is a fun conversation. Deion Sanders to Colorado. And it's a simple yes no proposition for me. Will Deion, during his tenure at Colorado, who knows if it's a year? Who knows if it's five years, 10 years, whatever. I think he's still bound for bigger and better things beyond Colorado, but let's push that to the side for just a moment. Will Dion take the buffs to a Pac-12 championship game? I say yes. I think he's going to flip all the right switches, get all the right assistant coaches in place to build a culture there that's not just prime, coach prime, that's all about helping the players make money and build their own brands while also getting better at football. But I know there are people that don't believe that's possible on a larger scale than, say, well, Jackson State. Kayla, what are your thoughts? Does Dion find success at least on a Pac-12 level? I think so. Um, I know people at Jackson State weren't thrilled about this, but the guy's got to grow and evolve too, and he's an excellent coach. He's great at mentoring these young guys. Everyone who knows him personally has just raved about him and thinks he's going to go in there and just completely turn things around. So I think this is super interesting. I think this is what the Pac-12 needs in order to keep being competitive and and making, you know, big storylines when you've got all these teams going to the Big Ten and the SEC. So I think he can definitely get to the Pac-12 championship. I'm looking forward to seeing how he's going to turn uh, this Colorado program around. RJ, what do you what, – what, does Coach Prime turn it around in the Rockies? He turns it around, yes. I mean, they already got 200 guys that want to go and transfer to that school, and some of those are four- and five-star players. Um, but I will I will say no, he does not reach a conference championship game because I don't think he'll be there long enough. I think he's going to split. Oh. Uh, and, and now, even if he stays, I don't think they're in the Pac-12 long enough for That's him point. to get to a Pac-12 championship yeah. game. All my points are good. You should just know this by now. They're all fantastic. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Wonderful. I, I think that <laughs> he's in the Big 12. <laughs> he's in the Big 12 or whatever in a couple of years uh, if they if he stays in Colorado. And if he doesn't, you know, who knows where he winds up going. I, I think that the uh, – I think the Southeast is a really good fit for him. I think Florida, any, you know, any Florida school, maybe he's maybe he's uh, waiting for Florida State to open up or, or Miami, who knows. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he's there long enough. Yeah, I, I tend to agree that the ultimate destination for – Dion is, is Florida State. That makes just way too much sense. All right, let's get to our best bets of the weekend. I don't care if it's hoops. I don't care if it's football. Heck, we've got uh, Volleyball Elite 8 and, and Soccer Final 4. It's all up for grabs. It's BetQLU. You give me your best bets on whatever you want to give me on. Uh, Kayla, let's start with you. Your best bet this weekend. Nothing groundbreaking here. I'm going back to Army-Navy, and I'm saying that they hit the first half under of 15.5 points. We talked about it at length, about how this game is notorious for going under. They love keeping the ball on the ground. So because I took the under uh, earlier, I'm going to take the under first half as well. When each team averages 22 and 29 points respectively, I'm thinking we can keep it low in the first half in a defensive battle. Good stuff. RJ, your best bet. Yeah, no, that's, that's the way to go. 
Uh, you know, if I had to go with a college game, I would do the under in uh, in Army Navy. Uh, you know, but uh, honestly, I, I hate to sound like a uh, like a homer here, but my best bet's in the NFL this weekend. Uh, oh. It is the Cowboys minus oh. 16 and a half. Oh. Uh, oh. Maybe up to 17 by now. But how about this stat for you? Since 2012, home favorites of 14 and a half or more, week 14 or later, so you got a lot of data on them, right? Are yeah. 14 and four against the spread. It's a 78% hit. You don't see 78% hits like that ever. This is when Vegas gives you a gift, take it. And this is a gift. I don't think that applies to the that Broncos, spread. though. No. Yeah, no, no, definitely does not. No, that's a good point. All right, my best bet of the weekend. I'm, I'm going to be the contrarian. I'm going to do it. Give me Army Navy over the 32 and a half. Navy's only scored less than 20 points twice in the last seven weeks. They're six and five to the over this season. Uh, Army, we know, is going to slow it down uh, to a slog, but they're seven and three to the over this year, too. Maybe that's on their defense as much as it's on their offense, uh, but they've scored fewer than 10 points just once this year. Everybody expects this to be a, a nine six kind of rock fight. I think we may have to sweat it just a little bit, but. I think like a 20 to 13, 20 to 16 kind of game. Uh, that spells over 32 and a half and snaps the 16-year under streak in the Army-Navy game. So that's what I'm going to go with. And that just about puts the wraps on this weekend's edition of BetQLU alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy. Thank you as always for joining us. You know you can download the podcast on the Odyssey app and listen to us live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network. Watch on YouTube and Twitch. Next week, a slew, like over a dozen bowl games to break down. We'll be all in. We will be bowling uh, for the entire hour next week. A two-hour BetQL bowl special in the offing for your holiday season as well. That's right around the corner. We got you covered as college football hits its bowl season and playoff stride. Thanks again for joining us. This has been BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.